How high will interest rates go? It's Wednesday, September 14th, 2022. This is the Kelly Letter Podcast, and I'm Jason Kelly. Yesterday was the worst day for the stock market since June when it made its most recent low. It was a doozy, and the reason for that was another look at inflation being the highest it's been in 30, 40 years, depending on which metric you look at. The Labor Department reported yesterday that consumer prices rose at an 8.3% annual pace last month, decelerating less than expected and marking a wild, a mild rather, slowdown from July's 8.5% pace as the cost of gasoline declined. On a monthly basis, the consumer price index rose 0.1% from a month earlier, a slight increase after prices stayed flat in July. Economists had expected prices to go down about 0.1% last month over the month and slow to an 8% annual pace. Now, the, the problem going into this report was that the stock market had gone back to thinking that, oh, you know what, the, le- the, the inflation data is getting less severe It's starting to back off. We have reached peak inflation. So even though the Federal Reserve keeps threatening that it's going to keep cranking rates and it's going to cause a lot of economic pain in order to get inflation under control, we don't believe them. We think this is a buying opportunity and they're going to end up raising rates less than they say. They're not going to go as high as they've promised. And we think this is all a big bluff. We've actually been through this cycle a couple times. It's starting to wear on people. My inbox is is bursting with heat right now. The stock market had a rough first half of the year to the bottom in June. That That's, so far, still the lowest it's gone. Then it had a nice two-month recovery from that bottom, and people thought, it's all over. Inflation has peaked. The, infled's, the, the, the Fed's going to back off of its, its strong campaign to crush inflation, which is going to be better for the stock market and the economy. And then there was a panic um, a few weeks ago when the chairman of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, gave his so-called pain speech in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, where he said, no, 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 don't don't think we're done with this. We are not going to be done until the data improve. The data haven't improved yet. We're going to stick with this. We are determined to make this work, even if it causes pain. And then stocks went down again. Until about a week ago, they started going up again, and they made a pretty nice recovery for about a week, and almost all of that was erased yesterday. So there's been a definite up and down motion within this range for a few months now, and it's wearing on people because they're starting to wonder, is this ever going to end? Well, the message, though, actually hasn't changed much. The, The set of data points in front of us haven't changed much from that June low to the, the August high to the recent low, then the, the, the spike back up and the, the, the plunge yesterday, the set of data in front of us haven't changed much. It's emotions swinging from the Fed will raise rates, it won't raise rates, it will, it won't, it will, it won't. But that changing emotion is happening against a constant backdrop. Let's look more closely at that. Now, the report from the Labor Department, specifically the the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, was not good. Let's not mince any words around that. It's not good. 
inflation is not backing off as quickly as hoped. For example, the cost of food is up 11.4% over the past year, which is the largest 12-month surge since May 1979. And of course, the 1970s are known for stagflation being terrible and the Paul Volcker-led Fed having to, to crack down big time with major interest rate increases and tight policy in the early 1980s which eventually led to an enormous bull market through the end of the century. But the concern now is that we're at the beginning of another phase like the 1970s. And one stat that a lot of analysts pulled out of that Labor Department report is that the cost of food is up 11.4%. However, something they didn't notice from that same BLS report is the following, quote, the food index increased 0.8% in August, the smallest monthly increase in that index since December 2021, end quote. Keep that in mind, because even within this supposedly spirit-crushing, Fed-goosing CPI report, that's Consumer Price Index report, we still find a glimmer of inflation improvement. The food index is at its largest 12-month surge since May 1979, but the smallest monthly increase we've seen in it since December of last year, which shows that that's about when the Fed started getting concerned about inflation. Starting this year, it was quite concerned. That's why stocks have really been having trouble all year. It started in January. And, and this is the smallest monthly increase since then. So things are starting to work, right? We're seeing green shoots of inflation improvement in the field. And, and that's what, what we need to focus on here because the, the Fed policies are eventually going to work. And I think we're already seeing evidence of that, as I've mentioned before. It's just not happening as quickly as people would like. A key takeaway from the report is the acceleration in the year-over-year -year rate for core CPI, which was pushed in part by increases in the indexes for shelter, medical care, and new vehicles. And that's been disheartening for, for people and the Federal Reserve because it suggests that the rate hike coming up next week is going to be 75 basis points. And in fact, for the first time that I've seen, people are now talking about it possibly being a full point hike, which would be the, the first time we've seen that in, in 40 years or so. So 75 basis points seems almost guaranteed. It might be a full basis point, a, a full, full point rather, that's 100 basis points. And then people are saying there's going to be another big one after that. So gloom, gloom, gloom. That's why the stock market went so, so far down yesterday. And most analysts are saying that this makes it clear the Federal Reserve has a lot more work to do in its fight to bring inflation down to its 2% target, which all but guarantees that next, next, next week we're going to get that three-quarter point hike or a full point hike and then bigger ones after that. But remember, the... The, the big picture hasn't changed. And this is the main way it hasn't changed. Before Powell's speech in Jackson Hole last month, that pain speech in which he said the Fed will do what it's, frankly, what it said had been all year that it would do, he didn't really give any new information. He said, we're going to stick to this, this campaign of fighting inflation until the inflation data improve, which is, of course, what he'd say. He's, he's, I've mentioned this before. He's not going to say, we're tired of this, we're giving up. Now, of course, they're going to stick with it until the data improve. That's the whole point of the campaign. But even back before that Jackson Hole speech, the Fed funds rate was expected to end this year at about 4%. And guess what? That's still the expectation. 
I'm looking now at a Bloomberg finance chart of market implied policy rates for one year. Now, back you know, throughout 2021, they were, they were down near zero, everything was, and they started climbing in the, the, until the beginning of this year. They got up to expecting them to be about 3%, and now they're expected to be 3.8% in about a year. So there you go again, or there we go again, seeing that we still expect the Fed funds rate to top out at about 4%. That hasn't budged, and I think this is key. Because when, when, when an analyst, futures market traders, look out and see what they think is going to be the data picture based on what we've seen in data reports so far, based on what we, we know from history and, and the impact of federal funds changes, they think that 3.8, so right around 4%, is going to be where the Fed funds rate is going to stop. And that hasn't changed at all. Regardless of this report or other recent reports, we're still on track for the same thing that the Federal Reserve uh, has been saying for quite a long time and that we've all thought was on the way. So this emotional bouncing back and forth in the market from it's going to be terrible, it's going to be fine, it's going to be terrible, it's going to be fine, is just that. Pure emotional spikes and dips. And the facts haven't changed much. The St. Louis Fed, let's switch over there. The St. Louis Fed projects a peak at 3.8% for the Fed funds rate. So there's another confirmation outside of Bloomberg from the Fed itself looking at probably stopping the rate increases at about 3.8%. It still says so. So is peak inflation over? Does yesterday's CPI report mean that, oh my gosh, we have a long fight ahead of us? Probably not. Many of the drivers of price have been declining for months, including, for example, wheat, corn, and meat prices. The United Nations Index of World Food Prices has been falling for five straight months, and it's currently something, it's almost 14% below March's high. Home builders have started to cut new home prices, so that's going to eventually feed in. We're seeing that. Gasoline prices have been coming down. That did help in this CPI report, too, and that's been a, a downward trend for many months already. The Institute for Supply Management, Manufacturing and Service Purchasing Managers Indexes both show easing price pressures. And these types of inputs have yet to feed into CPI, but they will. That lag, combined with lagging effect from the Fed's policies, should reduce inflation and keep interest rates from getting too high. And it could happen all at once. I have seen, now this is speculation again, keep that in mind. I don't, I don't have a crystal ball here and nobody, nobody else does either. But I have seen some analysts saying that they think this is all going to come together at once and that we're going to get, we're going to get lower inflation data for several months in a row, just about the time that the Fed's higher interest rates are kicking in and inflation is going to fall off a cliff and the Fed's going to panic in the other direction and at least immediately stopping the rate increases, but possibly even, even decreasing rates a little bit for fear of needing to fight deflation faster than expected. That's speculative, yes, but things have been pointed one way for a long time now by market standards, and it's probably about time for an inflection point to change, and there's a lot of, of pent-up better inflation data waiting to leak into what the Fed's looking at and show that, okay, things are working just about the time that rate, the, the Fed funds rate is pretty high, which would probably cause the Fed to say, all right, enough is enough, and possibly even start backing off. So we could see a pretty big change coming. Nobody can know when, of course, of course. But 
there's a lot of evidence that inflation has already peaked and that we're going to see that coming soon. And when that happens, there's probably going to be a pretty healthy recovery in stocks. And we don't do forecasts around here. We don't need to. We already bought at lower prices than what the stock market is at even after yesterday's drop. And so that's the beauty of price reaction. Even before people were as emotional and, and upset as they seem to be now, prices were actually lower, and our plan sensed that and pounced all over those. The main thing is that the, the bouncing recently has not been based on changing data. It's been based on simply thinking that rates will rise a lot, won't rise a lot, will, won't, that's all. And we, from, from the Jackson Hole speech to, to post-Jackson Hole to now the latest CPI report, and then we're probably going to get data that look a little better. Who knows? Next week, what if the Fed does a half-point hike because they think, hmm, there's lagging, lagging inputs here and our, our, our Fed funds rate increases already are starting to stack up? No way to know in advance, of course. But don't think that, that all stock market recovery is over because we got a less improved CPI report than, we were, than the Fed was hoping for. It's going to keep going along emotionally like this, but the main thing to keep your eye on is that the expected maximum for the Fed funds rate has not budged. It's been around 4% for many months. It is still around 4%. Prices are moderating. Inflation is not going to be around forever. It's just not going down as quickly as we thought, and many of the inputs that will help will kick in soon, and the Fed will probably end up pausing right about on schedule so that we get that about 4% peak coming up in the Fed funds rate at the end of the year. That's pretty much all I have for you today because that's what's on everybody's mind is whether the Fed's losing the inflation fight, whether whether we're going to be going through this for a long time if the market has another 50% drop ahead. You know, when I pull up my, my chart of the market, let's just pull up a an easy one here as I'm talking to you. And let's just go to the, the S&P 500 itself, the big index itself. What do we see when we pull up a chart of the big index? Well, we see it having a rough start to the year. Okay, we'll pull up a, a, a year-to-date index uh, chart here. There it is, going down from upper left to lower right and the cascading down a little bit of a bump higher in, in March and right up toward the end of March. That's when our first signal kicked in. And that, that, that rise higher at the end of March prevented us from, from moving all of our buying money or at least a great deal of it into the market then. So it seemed disappointing at first that, that prices rose ahead of our, our quarterly signal because it seemed like we'd, we'd missed a good chance to buy, but it ended up working in our favor by, by keeping our, our buying power and powder dry for another time, which was good because we used it again in July, which is down near the bottom. The S&P 500 bottomed in mid-June at a level of uh, 36.67 was where it bottomed. And then it had a really nice two-month run up to a near recent peak of 4.305 in the middle of, of August. So there was the, the two-month run there. It, it went down for a while after that that pain speech by Powell, then had a nice spike for the last week or so, and then it just erased that spike. But it, it bottomed again right down where it bottomed after after Powell's pain speech. This doesn't mean that it's going to stay there, but the, the thing to keep in mind is that despite the, the range of emotions that have happened since the bottom in June, we haven't revisited that bottom. We haven't actually even come close to it. It was a nice two-month recovery, and so far that two-month recovery has not gone all the way back down 
to revisit that June bottom. We can interpret that a number of different ways. Bears would say it hasn't reached a new bottom yet. Just you wait, we're going to get a new crash. And of course that's possible. But another way to look at it is that the reason we haven't gone on to new depths is because back at the depths of June, the bottom so far, we already had a pretty good idea that the Fed funds rate would top out at around 4%. And that was the big pricing in of that. And that was when people jumped on low prices to get ahead of what looked like light at the end of the tunnel. That yes, we've got a ways to go before inflation's done and the Fed's done fighting it. But we pretty much know the length of this tunnel now and we, we know what the, the other side's going to look like. And we're going to come out of this thing at around 4% Fed funds rate. Inflation's going to be under control. We're going to get back to a, a decent stock market, and anybody buying into these low prices during the fear phase will do just fine, as always. That's how it always goes. You buy during the fear phase, you sell during the greed phase, and our simple price reaction plans automate that process. That's what this is all about here at the Kelly Letter. So just looking at that chart gives you a little bit of perspective that, yes, it's been an up-and-down process. And yes, people are, are debating whether the Fed's going to crank things higher or back off soon. But it's not all that important when you notice that the expectation for 4% is locked in place and the market has not revisited a, a new low since that expectation has been locked in place. I think that's something that can give us some encouragement. Subscribers, I will have more for you this weekend on this, so hang in there until then. I don't think anything catastrophic has happened yet. We, we knew the Fed was in a tough inflation fight, and here's some evidence that that's the case. And even within that bad report, there's some good things to focus on, such as it being the slightest monthly increase for food since last December. That shows progress, and so do a lot of other inputs that are going to kick in soon. Thank you for listening. This is the Kelly Letter Podcast, and I'm Jason Kelly. I'd love it if you subscribe to the podcast from any of the links at jasonkelly.com, and please leave a review wherever you review podcasts. I send new letters every Sunday morning, so I'd love it if you subscribe to the letter to start getting those. If you have no time for anything more than that, I would like it if you join the free list at the top right of jasonkelly.com get you going and keep you in the loop around here for this this stress reducing price reactive formula current subscribers as always thank you for doing business with me i will see you sunday